thank you for joining us for part two of this podcast and for finding the courage to journey with us into this dark night of the soul as we guide you deeper into the darkness but then also guide you back into the light um so yeah lena maybe you could um maybe you could start by explaining a little bit about what we're seeing going on at the moment with regards to the virus itself right so even though there is so much censorship going on and so much control about what we're they're asking us or they want us to believe about this virus it's also incredible to see like you said there's so many people waking up and there's so many like experts within the field that are coming forth to speak and it's just so exciting to see the questioning the intel information that's coming forth and this is being released by doctors, virologists, immune specialists, researchers, scientists, nurses, um people in all places. And what I want to talk about right now is coming from them. So let's like you said let's start here first with the virus. So um many qualified people that have experience are questioning. And I'm going to name some of them here so if the listeners want to go deeper into what these doctors are saying. Um they're not all saying the same thing many of them are but they have their little nuances so I'm not going to just for the sake of things I don't want to put them all in the same category but they're all speaking about the virus in a way a different way than the mainstream media is. So we have Dr. Andrew Kaufman, Dr. Shiva, Dr. James Hidreth, Dr. Butar, Dr. Robert Young and Dr. Judy Mikovits and Robert Kennedy. So One of these doctors, um one that I didn't just name, is called Dr. Luc Manchonnet. He's a French doctor that discovered HIV in 1983 and he's also won the Nobel Peace Prize for Medicine in 2008. And he's come out to say that what he sees um when he looks at this virus that it's man-made because he's indicating that um he's looking at um a connection between a respiratory illness and HIV. So this Dr. Luc Montagnier, he's also saying that the HIV RNA fragments has been found in the SARS-CoV-2 genome and that this does not naturally occur in nature and thus um indicating that something suspicious is going on here. So this is also he's not the only one that's questioning the origin of this virus and how it could have possibly occurred naturally in nature. So what I'm about to say now again let's just consider it as a possibility where like we I think the best thing to do in a, in investigation or any type of you know figuring out what might have happened in any kind of crime scene or whatever we need to take in all the information and all the possibilities and just keep it you know there to see if anything links together so What I'm saying right now might be a little bit controversial. Some of it's already been out in the mainstream media, but I just wanted to precursor what I'm about to say as what if this was a possibility, okay? So, um if this virus was man-made or manufactured, um some people have been indicating that it could have accidentally leaked from a biotech laboratory called the Wuxi Pharma Biotech Laboratory that's located in Wuhan, China. This um laboratory is actually owned by George Soros or funded by George so- Soros which is one of the philanthropists that I've mentioned before that is definitely connected to this dark cabal. 
So here's just some facts around this, that the U.S. military and China were investigating bat viruses jointly. And in 2014, the U.S. pulled out because and withdrew all funding for this um, joint research um, project they had, saying that what they were doing was maybe too risky and too dangerous. But the Chinese government decided to assume full support, and that is when George Soros, billionaire investor and philanthropist, decided to pay for and build this lab and to continue this research. So we know that world-class scientists from Europe and USA have worked at this lab, often secretly. And we, the cabal owns and controls NATO. And so there are some people that are saying that the virus was released by NATO commando group at the World Military Games in Wuhan. So this occurred in um, also in October 2019. There was a military games, um, and this is a remake of the Olympics. And the only difference is, is that paid professional athletes and military organizations are allowed to compete. So last year, at the end of last year, there in Wuhan, there was 9,303 athletes competing from 109 countries. And some people are beginning to wonder, well, if you wanted to jumpstart a worldwide pandemic, how could you find a better opportunity than maybe infecting these people who go back to the 109 countries from which they come from? So the stadium in which this took place was also just a few miles from the Soros Big Pharma lab. And the lab was also a few miles from the market where the mainstream media has indicated where this virus may have also erupted from. So the Chinese themselves and many others have concluded that the Corona-19 pandemic was started at the Wuhan military games at or near the closing ceremonies in October 2019. From there, the world athletes could have spread it easily around the world. And then there was also some Chinese garment workers who did all the fabulous costumes and uniforms for the opening and closing of the ceremony. And they ended up re returning to the fashion district in Italy where they live. And there's a theory that they, they took the virus with them there. And that's maybe why Italy was so hard hit. And so now I'm going to be quoting um, something that comes from a whistleblower that is not disclosing their name. So again, take it for what it is. This is found on the Project Camelot um, whistleblower forum. forum. Um, Carrie Cassidy is in charge of that forum, and she has been gathering whistleblower testimony, I think, for like 15, 20 years. So many whistleblowers come to her, and this is what this one person said. The first thing we need to understand is that Sor the Soros Wuhan Biolab virus was made to serve the interests of Big Pharma. It is evil. It is intended to eventually reduce the world population because that is what the cabal wants. But they want to do it in a way where they make money off the people who are dying. This is how they think. They want to manage the people who get sick and who eventually die. They don't want to kill them quickly like in a mass pandemic until they have gotten every penny they can out of it. The Soros Wuhan lab created the virus and it has already developed a vaccine for it. Both are a scam. The vaccine will be just as evil as a virus, maybe worse. What they end up putting into people will be different than what they are currently testing. Don't expect their vaccine to heal people. It is only going to make things worse. Neither China nor the USA wants a pandemic or a war. Only the banksters do.
off quote. If you remember that I mentioned before that one of the new world order and dark cabal's agenda is depopulation, um, which is a horrid thought that there's actually people that are doing sinister things to depopulate the planet. But we need to take an honest look at this because if it's true, we need to do something about it. There have also been reports that the tests for the virus are faulty and actually not testing for the specific COVID virus for they have not purified or visualized the virus. So there's a nurse called Kate Shimirani who does a good job of explaining this in her video. Um, and she talks about how there's an 80% chance of getting false positives using the, the tests that they are using. So since a positive test can be caused by factors such as toxins, stress, fears, cancer, asthma, and other infectious diseases, because they're using a test that's faulty and that's not a gold standard test that she usually refers to that should be used in this case. Um, and she's saying that it's not. So they're actually testing for exosomes that could be caused by all of these factors that I just named, such as toxin, stress, fear, and so on and so forth. So just to add on to this, um, my friend who had flu-like symptoms in Denmark that were quite severe, she was sick for four weeks, she had her doctor, a Danish doctor, tell her that she could not be tested for they didn't have the test yet. But even if they did have the test, she wouldn't depend on the test for a diagnosis for she, she also knew how, about how faulty these tests could be. So there's a lot of doctors talking about that these tests are not up to the standard that they should be. And besides this, there are also hundreds of doctors and nurses and whistleblowers speaking out about how the numbers are being blown out of proportion. So one convincing testimony um, was on Defending Utah Radio, where a nurse that had been working in the intensive care unit for over 30 years came out undercover, and she came out with her voice disguised, and it was a radio station, so of course she didn't see her face, but she was in fear of losing her job, so she came out undercover. But she stated that someone from above the um, above. She doesn't know who they are. And in her 30 years of being working at this hospital, she's never experienced this before, but there's someone from above that's mandating that they report all deaths as COVID deaths in, instead of what they formerly used to do, which was naming the terminal disease that the people might've possibly, or might've died from. So do you see here that they like, they're like putting all deaths into the COVID category without critically thinking about, or even maybe even, they're just being kind of mandated to do this. So her whole career and her, during her whole career, there's been a protocol to name the contributing factor of the death instead. And she says that her and her colleagues are being mandated to do things now that do not make medical sense and it is blowing her mind that rational educated people are giving non-rational and illogical mandates to them. And she says, and I quote, all doctors and nurses know it, but our hands are tied. It is not based on sound medical logic, off quote. And under the law, she's also saying that they're being mandated to not question or speak about this and just do as they're told. And so she's not the only one. There is a lot of doctors and nurses coming out now and saying the exact same thing. And one happened actually right here in Ibiza, where a whistleblower here in Ibiza sent out a video and she leaked the document from the hospital mandating that from April 20th on, all respiratory illnesses must be marked as a COVID 
case, whether it is proven or not. So they're ju they're just bunching things into the same category here. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Then there's also Dr. Burks from which who is the White House coronavirus response coordinator who came right out and said, and I quote, "We are going to diagnose liberally." So they're like admitting it. So for me personally, I find that to be incredibly irresponsible science. Since there are so many consequences for an individual and a society at this point, if a false, with a false diagnosis, with a false positive. For example, some countries have passed laws that you can be taken away from your home and your family against your will if you test positive for this. This has actually been this law now in Denmark. I mean, I don't think they have implemented it yet, but they have a law that if there's any suspicion that you have COVID, then you, there's a law that you actually can be force from your home and also force vaccinated. So if, if people are getting false positives, this is a very scary thing. We're actually separating families. Yeah. Hospitalizing people or, or perhaps even worse, what they're going to be, what they're planning, what they're saying that they want for us to do is that they have shut down. First of all, they've shut down the whole world. So this is also concerning to me because especially now that they're suggesting that we will not be able to go back to work, travel, or participate in society if we do not get the vaccine. Um, for me, this is madness based on faulty science. And on top of it, we've just shut down the whole world and caused economic strikes for millions of people for what? Faulty numbers that are, are not real. Um, yeah, I mean, what you're saying about faulty numbers there, the CDC website was updated on the 1st of May and the total deaths had dropped from 64,283 to 37,308, meaning that 28,295 deaths had been incorrectly allocated. And then I, I saw a news article debunking, um, debunking like people's claims in the social media that, you know, that people saying that we've been deliberately misled. And they, they were debunking that by saying that, that the page on the CDC website clearly states that the, that, that the statistics may be incomplete and that it only shows provisional death count numbers. But this is like, this is nearly half of the original allocated amount. Can we really write that bigger discrepancy off to it being provisional? I mean, I'm just saying, but things, things aren't really adding up, are they? Right. And there's a lot of this information coming out now from several doctors and experts all over the world. For example, there were those Californian doctors, Dr. Dan Erickson and Dr. Artsen Mishi, that came out and bluntly stated that this is not a pandemic. This is not the pandemic that it's been made out to be in the mainstream media. And actually the death rates of COVID are very similar to the death rates of the regular flu season, which is 0.1% to 0.2%. And, and we'd love to share that link with you. However, it was very, very promptly censored. Right. Yeah. And, and actually... What's really beautiful is it came out on some, a mainstream media channel, actually, um, Fox News, which was shocking for me as I always was anti Fox News because I thought it was just very much propaganda. But now I'm like, I'm agreeing what they're putting out there. Yeah. I mean, that, that one utterly shocked me too, but, but it just goes to show that people, people across all sectors are now either waking up or stepping up 
in order to play their role. So yeah, it was really great to see this. And, you know, we've also talked about it recently that the, like, you know, Italy is beginning to revise their numbers. And then I've also seen multiple studies from two U.S. universities and one private group that have come actually to similar conclusions, which is reflected in this quote from MedRxIV, which is one of the private groups that I mentioned. So they say, quote, this study shows that the number of confirmed cases understates actual infections during the rapid growth rate of a COVID-19 epidemic by a factor of as much as 50 to 100. So what they're saying is that all of these three studies have come to the same conclusion. And they're saying that there's actually more people infected with COVID than, than is being reported yet the actual number of fatalities are lower. And if you do the math, it actually, you know, so we can actually more of the population infected and actually less dying. This puts the COVID fatality rate at 0.1% to 0.2%. Again, we're hearing this again. And again, we're hearing that this is COVID is equivalent to the common flu. This can be seen mapped out mathematically in a video that we're going to also link here by Dell Bigtree called the COVID-19, the lockdown calamity. And this was also leaked. There was that video that was leaked that was in the White House um, boardroom. They were like, I don't know if they, it was like after they were about to have a presidential yeah, I saw that. Um, mm. forum. Yeah. <laughs> or it was, it was before or after, but you know, they didn't know they were being recorded. I don't know who that was. I think it was a senator or something. It was somebody official that came out or I think it was somebody from, I don't know, some news station, but he came out and he said to his friend, oh, you can take off the mask because it just got reported today from the California, whatever, that it's, this is not worse than the regular seasonal flu. And they, they kind of like joking about it. And it was a casual conversation, but they didn't know they were being recorded and it went viral <laughs> and it got taken down many times. Of course. Yes. So, you know, and then, and, and then Matt, you know, not only mentioning that mannequin that you saw, there's something going on here. There's also an American news channel, CBS, that had to apologize and admit that they used footage from an Italian hospital and saying that it was an American hospital and again, creating fear, right? Um, so how dare they? They're reporting news that's supposedly an American hospital and they're using footage from Italy. And if they're having to do that, what does that tell you? I mean, we're hearing a lot about how many hospitals across the world um, are and have been empty for the majority of the lockdown and that, that nurses are being sent home. I mean, we're, we're, we're seeing this from people posting videos that they've, that they've taken in empty hospitals, but also from friends and friends of friends who work in hospitals who, who can attest to this firsthand. Right. And so it's kind of like what you said before, um, Nayabi, that there's like some suspicious things going on and, and it seems like they're getting very sloppy, like with their tactics, you know, and what they come out with and that it's kind of working against them because there's a lot of sloppy science <laughs> and a lot of sloppy news. It's becoming quite obvious in my eyes. Very much so. And this is the thing. It's like, you know, it's it's not just us seeing it, and there's so many people who are seeing it now. And as we mentioned earlier, it's it's people who are completely new to anything like this. Who, if you'd had this conversation before lockdown, they'd have 
they'd have thought we were nuts, but now they're they're, they're, they're seeing it. They're, they're, they're seeing it. It's it's like the yeah. like the red pill from the Matrix, isn't it? Once you take it, there's um, right. there's no turning back. Yeah. Yeah. And I really just want to back you up there because um, what you said, because I see it too. I see mainstream people, you know, that are very rational. They're also beginning to see through things. And, you know, it's, it's so exciting because it's, yes, I guess it just took something to become really big and obvious for people to start waking up. So this is exactly what this time is about. So it's perfect that they're getting sloppy. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been, it's, it's exciting for us because we've kind of been waiting for this period of time for a really long time and we know exactly what it is and we know what's going on. But yeah, I guess there's still, um, just so much fear out there for people who, you know, are obviously believing what, what has been told to them in, in, in the mainstream news. And again, that's kind of what we're trying to do here is just to try and help people just see in a different direction because, you know, I've, I've got friends who have said, they listen to the news and um, they get anxious, just, just you know, the, the anxiety that is filling them up in listening to the news. And yeah, I, I never have the news channel on because as I mentioned earlier, it just, it, it makes me anxious. But I recognize that that anxiety is coming from a place of feeling the, the, the mistruths and the misrepresentations that are coming through. But, you know, a lot of people, they, they don't know it. And it's just feeding into this constant, this constant fear that you just, you, that people are actually just inadvertently in, inviting into their living room so yeah yeah exciting for us but yeah that's why we want to that's why we want to kind of help other people to to see to see and understand what we're seeing so that they can break free of the fear themselves yes and there is so many sources there are so many different voices and that's another thing that makes this like this argument that we have even stronger right it's not just some person in their living room making up these things you know this is intelligent people all the world yes so speaking of intelligent people we have dr judy mikovitz which we're gonna who we're gonna talk about again so just to be clear that she's a molecular biologist and a researcher who specializes in hiv research she's written books and she notes the same um, as dr luc montagnier that i mentioned before that this virus is man-made for if it had naturally passed from animal to human um, what th- it would actually look different than it does now. So that they're just noting that there's something fishy going on here. And Dr. Judy Mikovitz has also exposed the fraud in the healthcare system for quite some time now. Um, so much that she actually got silenced for five years and her work was taken away for she was not willing to give some information to Dr. Fauci. You'll, you can see this in all of the documentaries about her. Um, and she's incredibly informed and her voice now is extremely important to consider because she knows what she's talking about. So, and another thing about these people, these whistleblowers, they have nothing to gain. I mean, really, it's not the, the a glorious thing to come out and be saying these things. Often you're ridiculed or you lose your license or you, like the first time she said something, she got silenced for five years and she's also had threats to her life. So this is nothing fun for them to be doing. Um, so first of all, she says that the lockdown mandates are corrupt measures for, she believes that they're, they are, they're immune suppressing mandates, keeping us away from immune boosting conditions such as ocean, salt water, you know, sunshine, fresh air, exercise, human touch. And all the while, it's also causing economic stress, this lockdown and ruin, which leads to depression, anxiety, poor nutrition, 
You know, this is people are a lot of people have fallen into poverty as a result of this. And we know that all of those things I just mentioned, it's immune suppressing conditions. Plus this act of keeping us away from each other. She has a theory that it's most likely it's going to be, it's preventing us from building up our natural immunity. And it could cause problems in the long run that we're actually not being exposed to this virus. Um, in addition, she also points out that the, the populations that have been vaccinated with the flu vaccine increase their chance of getting it by 36%. So she points out that the hardest hit vaccinated countries of the former flu vaccine were Italy and USA, and then they seem to be some of the most hardest hit countries. It's just something that she mentioned. And she's openly speaking about the corruption in the pharma medical community. And she says that there are clear conflicts of interest when Fauci and Gates have a hand in the patents for the vaccines, and they're going to cash in from the implementation of them, and they are promoting them adamantly. I mean, if there's a conflict of interest here, that's obviously in your face. And this, again, should be illegal because it's corrupt, not to mention the hand they have in all of these other organizations, which I named before. But again, do your own research because it's, it's vast and it's wide. And um, she also points out that the vaccines have not been tested for safety for 36 years. This is absolutely appalling. We think that what they're giving us is is safe. We, we, we just trust them. But it's not been tested since 1986, because in 1986, there was a law passed to protect the manufacturers and the government for vaccine injury. So this means that they're not liable for deaths and diseases that are caused by vaccines. People that lose their children after their children get vaccinated. Children that go autistic after they get vaccinated. They're not liable anymore, so they can do whatever they want. To me, this is absolutely insane. So Dr. Mikovits also, just to be clear, she's not anti-vaccine. She is for safe vaccines. You know, I think most people would be not speaking out of vaccines if they were safe. So she's she's just against advocating untested, non-safe vaccines. So she 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 educates us on how it takes a long time to test them, and it's done in three phases, which pur purifies it from the toxic substances. And that each time they add some a new chemical, they have to again go through this whole three-phase purifying process. And this has not been done for 36 years. So we are injecting ourselves it with dirty vaccines. We're injecting our children with them, all in adults, and they're untested, extremely toxic, and dirty with debris from animal cells. This is just appalling. And that this is being put forth now as the solution to this pandemic. So she calls this, and I totally agree, a crime against humanity and mass murder. So we know that there's a glorification of the vaccines. Um, and there's like this sense that they have saved us. And all we need right now is a vaccine. And then we'll be fine. Then we can go back to life as it once was. I mean, the way that it's being promoted in the mainstream media and the way it's being repeated again and again, it's very, very scary. People don't really know the facts about vaccines, that they actually do not prevent infection. It's a very low percentage. I think it's like 10% or under 10% to the level that they can actually protect us from getting something. So you can get a vaccine and you can still get the virus that it was supposed to protect you from. 
And since they're not purified and tested, how can they even be safe in the first place? So people are unaware of what's in them. And this should be really, you know, the things I'm about to mention, they should not be in put in the human body. And these are just some of the ingredients. Formaldehyde, for example. Mercury, highly toxic substance. Aluminum, a heavy, another heavy metal. Aborted fetal tissues. Monkey, pig, and cow blood serums. Polysorbit 80, which has recently been linked to a, an increased ring, risk of blood clot, stroke, heart attack, heart failure, and tumor growth, um, plus different types of cancer and uh, alterations in gut bacteria and infertility. I'm like, yeah, okay, give me a vaccine that has all that. Of course, who wants that? But you have had that. You know, I've had vaccines. That's been put into our bodies. What she's saying, she's also saying that um, what we're currently seeing happening around her, so this is her theory about what's going on. So again, let's take, let's, let's be critical and let's take into account all of these theories instead of just listening to the mainstream rhetoric that is implemented by the WHO, Fauci and Gates. I mean, who, who elected these people to be mandating how we go forth here? So she's saying what we're currently seeing happening around the planet in regards to virus her high hypothesis is that she's confident and she, about this, and she says that she can prove it. She says people are getting sick for they have been so long, injected so long with these dirty vaccines full of animal and human tissues, from aborted baby fetuses, and an already immune-compromised population. And because of the other toxins, we are battling in our environment. So what we are currently experiencing is a great cover-up, she says, that COVID is actually a result of vaccine injury and the accumulation of environmental toxins. She mentions HIV, XMRV, and other agents such as the cow, pig, and monkey serums, and that this is what is making us sick. And she also links this to cellular toxicity that's seen in COVID, and which also is related to 5G, which we're going to be talking about in, in a little bit. Um, and so what she's saying is that this whole hype this whole fear thing that she's saying it's kind of like an orchestration to cover up the injury that has been caused and the accumulation that's been caused due to us being vaccinated for so long. Um, and particularly what she says, 36 years of untested vaccines. So, wow. I mean, it, this kind of information for me, it's just like quite mind blowing. And it really makes you think twice about vaccines and also what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's it's just it's just so hard to believe, isn't it? But it's but it's yeah. not just um, but it's not just those that, as you've already said, it's not just those you can label as conspiracy theorists who are speaking out. I mean, Bobby Kennedy Jr., who is President JFK's nephew, is speaking out about vaccines. Um, Laura Eisenhower, who is President Eisenhower's great granddaughter, I mean. She's, she's, she's talking about vaccines, but she's talking about the dark forces in general. She's literally speaking out about all of it. And, and as we've already said, doctors and scientists are speaking out about it as well. I mean, are they all conspiracy theorists? Are, are they, are they all wrong? Mm -hmm. Um, the thing is as well, and, and much like what we saw with, um, you mentioned about Judy there, and she was, she was silenced for five years. And um, when any sort of doctor or scientist speaks out about, vaccinations or, or the way we treat cancer or or GMO, no matter how well established or renowned they are before they speak out, um, they're immediately discredited for speaking out against 
yeah. big pharma or, or the big biotech companies who who stand to lose a lot of money if their products are denounced. So when people in the mainstream then see that these people who are speaking out have been discredited, um, they immediately dismiss, they immediately dismiss what's being said. Um, but uh, but they've only been discredited because they dare to speak out against big business and big business right. have the money and the influence to shut people down very easily. So yeah, that's just something to you know to be aware of there. And you know, d d despite the fact that you know what what's been said about vaccinations, you know, it's, it's hard to believe we get that. But I mean, I mm -hmm. I know this to be true. Um, Right. I know that it's true because, you know, I've been looking at it and seeing it for many years, the same as yourself, Lena. Um, I know that it's true because I, I intuit it with every cell in my body, again, the same as yeah. yourself, Lena. Um, you know, I, I know it's true because spirit have, guide me, have guided me to see it. And, and I, I also know it's true because I myself was sick for six years and then it took a further six years of of working towards good health after I was forced uh, forced to walk away from my stockbroking career as a as a result of poor health and a large a large proportion of those health issues can be attributed to vaccinations not all of them I, I had a weakened mm -hmm. immune system from the from the over prescription of antibiotics um, yeah. before I had the vaccinations done uh, just you know just to give full disclosure there but a large mm -hmm. amount of my health issues can be attributed to vaccinations. Amongst other things, I, I developed um, chronic fatigue immediately after being vaccinated mm -hmm. and then yeah. was later diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Um, both of these are health issues that are, you know, that are associated with vaccination. So, again, you know, I, I know this to be true and, and I, I really wish that it wasn't. I really wish that this was all just conspiracy theory, but wishing it doesn't make it so. And not believing it doesn't make it so, unfortunately, because then it really wouldn't be so. Um, but I, I know I've already said this, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue to say it. Like the truth has to be seen. And, and, and this is why Lena and I have worked so hard to bring this podcast to you. And by that, I don't just mean all the hours that we've spent recording and researching this. I also mean all of the personal work that we've had to to do to push through our own fears and blocks, as we've mentioned before, around finding the courage to stand up and speak our truth when we know that, you know, what we're saying that, you know, we, we know that we're going to be shot down and persecuted for doing this. But I just want to say that we don't get anything for bringing this podcast to you. This channel right. is, it's, and you've touched on this, Lena, like this, this, this channel is not monetized. And I'm not, I'm not paying you to be here, am I, Lena? You're not being paid as my guest. Um, no. So, or maybe, maybe you want to talk to me about that later after now that I've the hours that I've gone through. But, uh, right, many, many, anyway. many. But, you know, we're, we're, we're doing this, um, we're doing this because we know from the depths of our beings that, that yeah. we are speaking truth and, and that that truth being seen is what is needed to ascend. And, I mean, the, the only thing that we do get from, from this is to be able to play our small little parts in helping to set humanity free. And actually, a correction on that is, is, is by playing our small little parts in helping humanity to see so that humanity can set itself free. Yes, I completely agree with so many things that you just said that, I mean, this is coming from our hearts. This is coming from a deep conviction. 
And also like in the same way that like when someone says mandatory vaccine to me, that the whole, like Bill Gates came out and said this, that everybody needs to be vaccinated to go back to normal life. I'm just like, what? You know, like what happened to our right to choose? Well, first of all, because this is not like we just shut down the whole of society and the world for something that's not worse than the regular flu. We've never done that before. And then on top of that, we, even though it's being proven now not to be such a pandemic that they're saying that it is, now they're going to vaccinate everyone and not let us have a choice. They're actually passing laws where, with mandatory vaccination. And Bill Gates also said um, from his own mouth again that 700,000 people will be affected by this vaccination. And that means whether it's maimed through death, um, right. injury, etc., illness. That's 700,000 people to be affected by a vaccination for a virus that to date, according to, to Worldometer uh, and, and other links on Google, has, has only actually killed 287,000. And, and obviously, I don't mean only. 287,000 is a lot of people, but not in comparison to 700,000. And, and it's only on par with the 250 to 500,000 deaths that are estimated to happen every year by the World Health Organization for the common flu. Now, I appreciate that we're being told that the pandemic isn't over yet. And so these figures may grow, but these numbers also incorporate all the deaths that have been attributed to COVID without any evidence that they actually are as a result of COVID. So even when someone gets rushed into hospital with heart failure, they're being tested with tests that are giving around 80% false positive, uh, false positive results, as Lena spoke of earlier. And if they then test positive from this faulty test, they're being registered as dying from corona, even though they actually died from a heart attack. And if you listen to the actual wording that is presented to us on the news, they don't say died from corona. They say died after testing positive for corona. And there's, there's also, there's, there's also a lot, um, a lot less deaths from heart attacks and cancers and various other diseases and illnesses that are being registered at the moment than what we would usually see in other years. So either corona cures cancer and heart disease or there's something not quite right about what's being reported here. Right. I agree. And before, when I was speaking about the energetic signature of reading the energetic signature of things, when I read the energetic signature of the vaccine, it's like the, every cell in my body says, no, like I refuse, you know, like, mm. and there's a lot of people across around the planet that feel like that. Like what happened to our right to choose what goes into our bodies? That's a basic yeah. human right. And that is about to be taken away if we do not do something we have to verbalize, we have to move, we have to write, we have to be vocal. And this is why you and I are doing this today. And you have the personal experience of the, the, what the vaccines that you've taken have done to your body. I ha also have worked with clients, young teenagers that were vibrant and healthy. And after the HPV vaccine, they became completely different. They, they couldn't do sports anymore. They have migraines, headaches, they can't concentrate in school. Like basically their whole life stopped and no one knows how to help them get better. So you took a vibrant, beautiful teenager and basically she's depressed now in bed and she can't go have 
go to school. She can't concentrate. She can't go do sports anymore. And I worked with three clients in Denmark that had this happen to them. So this Mm -hmm. is like, we should have the right to choose to take that risk with our health. The Vax documentaries, which there are two of, are also very important testimonies of thousands of parents coming out and speaking out about the vaccine injuries their children have received after taking vaccines. These injuries are everything from autism, organ failure, paralyzation, chronic fatigue to death. Vaccine injury does not only affect children, it affects teenagers, adults, and the elderly. The proof for me is seeing these people speak out, listening to the parents and the injured alike, hearing what they have to say, hearing their pain and struggles. For me, that's enough to to raise my awareness and concern around vaccines. So I'm not against protective medical measures for society, as many are not. Yet I think what we stand up for is when the measures are harmful to our human health, sometimes even more harmful than getting the virus or the disease it's trying to protect you against itself. We are against that there are corporations that profit from the production of vaccines and they don't use any of that profit to test for safety. That is not right. In the Vax documentaries, they also interview unvaccinated families and children. And from these people, you hear that they have very healthy, they have been very healthy their whole lives. And they've never had to take antibiotics or at least very little. Some of the parents interviewed in Vaxxed have several children, some vaccinated and some unvaccinated. And they all say that their vaccinated children are much more sick. They're sick more often and for longer periods of time. And often their unvaccinated children have no illnesses at all. There's an obvious visible difference between these children. There are also doctors, pediatricians, and teachers that say the same thing from their own palpable experience because they see it in front of them that vaccinated children have many more health problems in comparison to the unvaccinated. Which brings me to another point I would like to make regarding our immune systems. These unvaccinated children are not getting sick for they are not injected with the heavy metals, the untested toxic chemicals, the traces of unclean viruses that should not be put into the human body. We actually have resilient immune systems and a miracle of a body that naturally contains an immune system that is immaculate if you support it with good rest, nutrition, supplementation, regular cleansing, not to mention that the body's response to things like touch, community, love, deep breathing, exercise, meditation, sunlight, and nature, being exposed to the pure elements that we have on Mother Earth, positive thinking, all of these are also immune boosting. They support our immune system. We have so many resources. So I understand that a lot of what I mentioned here 
like having these resources is a, is a privilege. Due to socioeconomic conditions and institutional racism and prejudice that, for example, not all people have this privilege. Yet, it is a privilege that all should have and, and all could have if we structure our society differently. There is abundance and there is enough for all. Yet since we do not structure our society in this way, many live in survival mode with a breakdown of, we have also have a breakdown of tribal and family systems, which creates a loss of community, creates loneliness. We're exposed to polluted food, water, air, radiation, toxins, dirty medicine and vaccines. And privileged people are also exposed to this. So we are now more prone to getting sick than ever before. And I feel that these are the factors that we should look at from a preemptive medical perspective, that there's actually things that we can do to boost our immune system so we don't need so many antibiotics and vaccines. We can do things that are, don't even cost anything sometimes. I mean, of course, supplements do and, and healthy food does, but we can structure you know, our society and our lives so we're a healthy society. Dr. Robert Young, one of these doctors that's speaking out around the virus and that he believes the cause of the great sicknesses that we're seeing is kind of erupting with, from within the body due to overtoxicity. So there are things that we can do to, to make us healthy and strong so we don't need to take, to take these toxic measures to fight disease. Sometimes I feel that during this crisis that we're being treated during this lockdown as if we do not have immune systems, as if herd immunity doesn't have a value, as if we don't have the inner capability to fight infection. So of course, toxicity is making us, our immune systems weaker, but I really believe that we have the power in our hands and it's already inherently built into the body with just a little support to have the power to fight these viruses naturally with our immaculate immune system given by grace, given by mother nature. And on top of that, this is another thing that's being suppressed that we're not going to go so much into here, but I just want to mention it, that there are therapies, natural therapies, cheap therapies that have been known to help this virus and many others. One is called MMS. If you look at, um, Jim Humble and this is a, this is a product that we can make ourselves, you know, so I don't want to get too much. Just look into it. Uh, there's a doctor here, Dr. Kalker, I think his name. He's a Spanish doctor who's already using, treating people with it. Then there is oxygen therapy and there is IV vitamin C therapy, all proven to be effective against this. We have so many alternative therapies and medicines that can help us heal the ailments we have without the harmful side effects that antibiotics and vaccines inherently have. The plant and mineral kingdom and the organicity of our bodies have all we need to combat disease if we give the body the right conditions. So again, remember what I said before about Dr. Young and reducing the acidity of our bodies. And I feel that if the pharmaceutical industry and the medical industry 
had our best interest in mind, we would bring these alternative medicines and therapies into the mainstream and heal the human population. But that would not be profitable. For it was, it's just simply not profitable for us to be a vibrant humanity that is healthy, that doesn't get often, doesn't get often, doesn't get sick. And again, as we mentioned before, I think we are dealing with a conflict of interest here. So, um, yeah, it's just, and, and also another thing I want to say before, um, cooking back to what you said about conspiracy theories and, um, so there's something called cognitive dissonance. So it's, it's like when we hear something, which like all of this news, you know, like this, this alternative news and that all, everything that we're saying here in this podcast, when something is presented to you that does not match up with your worldview and the paradigm and the way that you thought the whole world was structured, there's something called cognitive dissonance. Like you kind of like write it off or push it away or try to rationalize it or try to shape it into your world picture without even it totally acknowledging it to be true because it's too hard to have two conflicting views happen in your, in, inside of you at once. Okay. So it's like the, the government and the big pharma industries have my best interest in mind. I believe that. Okay. And then this person who believes that finds out that that's totally untrue, that they do not have your best interest in mind. And those two kind of conflicting thoughts create something that's called cognitive dissonance. And that's very stressful for the human being. Um, human beings have a hard time having two opposing thoughts at once. And it affects us mentally, physically, and emotionally. Um, and what we want to do, there's a, a natural reaction to want to dismiss it, deny it, rationalize it, trivialize it, get angry, or even project onto the people, get angry at the people who are telling you that. And this has been used a lot when with the word conspiracy theory has been thrown around, like you conspiracy theorists, like they write us off with that term. But let's, like, let's really look at what that term actually means in the history of it. Because now it's being used as an insult, as a dismissal of what you're saying. But um, this term was actually goes back to the 1870s. Um, it emerged back then, and it began to be frequently used in the 1950s. But kind of there from like when it first came out to the 1950s, this is a widely accepted term and a widely accepted way of looking at how the world and world events were screwed together. Um, and it was even used by elites for actually targeting the population. So it's like the, the, the people were accused of conspiring against the government. And it was only in the 1950s and the 1960s that, um, after the whole JFK, um, assassination and that the CIA started using the word conspiracy theory to write off people that were, um, indicating or maybe be beginning to say that this was, that JFK was assassinated, um, by the cabal by people in the government due to what he was about to do with his presidency, things that they didn't want him to do or to say or to act upon. So therefore he was assassinated. When the people started coming out and saying this, the CIA kind of used this as a dismissal term and started using it as a weapon. So we need to be careful with this word conspiracy theory that, cause like it has just been used to 
write off things that just don't fit into our world paradigm or the way that we thought the world was screwed together. Yeah. And, and just, just yeah. touching on what you're saying there, Lena, like there's, there's also, there's also a lot of, um, false conspiracy theories that are deliberately fed into the field by the people trying to detract from the true conspiracy theories. And, you know, if, if one conspiracy theory gets disproven, then they all get dismissed. I mean, it's very clever. Like you, you you've got to give them that. They're clever. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, talking about conspiracy theories, let's talk, let's talk 5G, shall we, Lena? That's one of the big ones. <laughs> Right. That's the one that people get really like, oh my God, yeah. I can't believe we're going to be talking about that. I mean, you're not, you're uh, not even allowed to talk about it in mainstream. From what I can see. People get fired for that. <laughs> okay. So let's talk a little bit about this. So let's just, I just want to really make it clear because people don't even know this, that we already have a huge electromagnetic um, frequency pollution problem. This comes from the things, our gadgets, um, 3G, 4G, uh, the microwave, you know, electricity, uh, all so many things. We had this problem before we had internet and before we had computers, um, but now it's just to a, a huge level. So EMF exposure levels have already been one quintillion times above the natural background levels. And that's not even including what's going to happen when 5G is fully rolled out. So there has been thousands of scientific peer-reviewed studies, so, so many. We will give the links to these um, places where you can find these studies that have shown that EMF causes direct biological effects and damage to the body, such as cancer, DNA alterations, headache, cognitive problems, brain tumors, short-term memory loss, interrupted immune system, it disrupts our fertility, causes a sperm and the egg damage. That is irreversible. This has been proven. Not by studies with the, from the teleco companies, because I, I can guarantee you that their studies are based on, I think it's like, um, the gadgets and gadgets and EMF, EMF levels that was in the 1980s. Um, that, and actually they were, um, it was biased research. They were paid to say, you know, come with the results. And when the results didn't end up being what they thought they were, they were like, scratch that. You can't say that. Manipulate this. So it looks like cell phones are, are safe, right? So there are also many published peer-reviewed studies on microwave radiation testing results. And the numbers I'm about to call off are microwatts per kilometer squared. Just 0.05% exposure to EMFs can already cause headaches and cognitive dysfunction. 1% can cause damaging effect on sperm. 4% of exposure to EMFs, like the level of, of, of how much it's allowed to go, causes changes to the hippocampus and the brain. 6% causes DNA damage. And the smart meters, this is another thing that's been worldwide mandated, 7.93% are what most smart meters register at. So just think of everything I just said below this. 9.5 is the limit of exposure in Switzerland, Liechtenstein, and Luxembourg. 10% is the safety level of China, Poland, and Russia. Yet Canada and the United States put their safety levels at 600 to 1,000. 
first of all, even Pricing. putting the safety level over anything that causes like 6% that causes DNA damage is absolutely insane. And I just really believe that we have the capacity to create positive technologies that are not damaging to the human body, you know? And so now we're adding 5G to this mix. And those that have the strongest warnings about the release of 5G, two people I'm going to name, Mark Steele and Nancy Hopkins, they have spent their military careers working with assault weapons and energy weapon frequencies. So they know what five gigahertz is. They know what it is. And they are speaking out. They are really seriously saying that when this gets rolled out, this might sound extreme, but I'm just listening to people who have used these weapons, who have worked with radar, who have had a career in it. So if you can't listen to them, then who can you listen to, right? They are saying that 5G, when it's fully rolled out, will be the end of life on planet Earth as we know it. That's how extreme you know, they, they really see this to be. They say that 5G is an energy weapon used for crowd dispersal to target and kill individuals through neurological damage, cancer, heart attacks. They can control um, the, the frequency of your thoughts. They can control, um, they can com com create complete mental confusion. They can have a 3D image of inside your house. They can surveil you completely. They can surveil your body using this technology and to, to indicate, oh, they're depressed. They're, they're full of anxiety. Oh, they're joyful. They can, they can measure your frequency levels inside your house without you knowing it. So Martin Paul, who has a PhD and is a professor of biochemistry says, quote, Putting tens of millions of 5G antennas without a single biological test of safety has to be about the stupidest idea anyone had in the history of the world, end quote. I agree. And when Senator Richard Bumenthal questioned the telecom industry on February 6, 2019, in like a Senate, like you, you kind of see this whole kind of press conference or well, I don't know what you called it, but you can see the senator questioning the telecom industry board about the independent research that has been done to make sure that this is safe before they roll it out, they admitted after he pressured them, he had asked several single times because they kind of go around the question and, and kind of like don't directly answer it. He pressed them to answer and they said, no, not one single safety test has been done for the rollout of 5G and the implications of what it does to our health. So now doctors and scientists worldwide are linking the virus to 5G. So I'm going to be clear here. They're not saying that the virus is caused by 5G. Like that's, that gets people really riled up, you know, because they're like, there really is something going on, right? But they're saying that it makes us more susceptible because of getting the virus for it lowers our immune system and it can cause symptoms that are many, that many are describing in hospitals during this crisis, such as shortness of breath, and it can cause suffocation. Because 5G, it can, it, it can also awaken the dormant viruses that we already have within us as a result of previous vaccines that we may have taken, as well as the geoengineering program. So again, going back to geoengineering, we're not going to go into it here, so do your own research, but the geoengineering program has been spraying viruses, molds, and nanoparticles into the atmosphere for the last 15 years, and we have been breathing this in. So even if you've never taken a vaccine in your life, there are dormant viruses lying within your body due to this program. So 
another thing that is linking up here with this geoengineering program and what has been sprayed into the atmosphere that we are breathing in for the last 15 years, that it is causing our atmosphere to be conductive to EMF waves. And it also introduces nanotechnology, nanobots into our system that will interact with 5G. This is also the idea behind the nanotechnology that they are talking about being included in this upcoming vaccine that Bill Gates is pressing upon us that will plug the human body into a 5G grid. And thus we will lose the organic biological human body that is our sovereign birthright to have, this beautiful organic body that we have that functions quite well. It's quite a miracle. So see what I'm saying here is that while this all this is going on and it's all connected, 5G is being rolled out. It is, it is part of the surveillance system, the digital ID 2020 that I was talking about. It's part of the digital currency that they want to be in, implemented underneath another one world order plan is a one world digital currency. They're saying that if we, that in order to participate in society, in order to be able to function in society, we need to take this vaccine that has the nanobots, that has the nanotechnology in it. It's called smart dust as well. That's going to react with the 5G system and the atmosphere that's already charged with the, the, um, the nanoparticles and the heavy metals, aluminum, borium, strontium, which makes our atmosphere conducive. All of this links together. This is just like, it's like a sci-fi movie. Well, yeah. I mean, you know what they say. There ain't much fiction in science fiction, folks. Um, but I mean, like, Birds are falling out of trees near near five G yeah. masts, and yeah. and you know there's 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 trees that are, that are next to the five G mast where the, the 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 half of the tree that is closest to the mast is dead, all the leaves is dead, right. the trunk is dead, and then the other half yeah. is alive, and this is being seen you know in many places, and the birds falling out of trees are seen in many places, yeah. and you know. That that's not right, and we think this won't do damage to our bodies. I want to back you up because I mean, I my there's a group of smart meters. Thank God it's not that close to my house, but I noticed the bougainvillea that's growing right here outside my house. The the smart meter, remember, has a already a high electromagnetic frequency. The part that's close to the smart meter is dead. The other half is alive. Mm. <laughs> It's crazy. We're not used to seeing things like this, yet it is being seen in many places, right? I mean, there's just something very, very wrong there. Right. And then we also have seen the videos of the man. There was a man um, in California um, doing a video, walking between, I think, uh, I think uh, two or more 5G towers. And he's just record, recording and filming all the dead bees that just drop out of the sky. They were dropping out of the sky while he was filming. Massive amount of wow. dead bees just dropping out of the sky between the 5G towers. So if you think about bees, bees allow all life to blossom and circulate. It is the, it is the a key for, bees are a key for the cycle of life and that we have food mm-hmm. and that... <laughs> It all continues. Pollination. Bees and trees. You know, I mean, we need yeah, trees. Bees and trees. trees. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you and I, Nayabi, have been speaking about like the things that we've seen with our own eyes, like that, well, 
that before lockdown, you know, here in Ibiza, I noticed that they had a massive month and a half, a massive geoengineering program where they, they rarely spray upon us. I'm talking about the chemtrails, the geoengineering. Mm -hmm. They rarely do it. You know, it's like once in a while. And that's why I'm happy I lived here. Um, and then some, some days a year, we have a bad, bad day where it's obvious the crisscross long trails along the sky, you know, that eventually spread out to be a thin cloud cover that, that dims out the sun or blocks out the sun. Um, they did it every day massively for a month and a half before we went into lockdown. And this is before we even knew we were going to go into lockdown. So I didn't, I was noticing it and I was getting angry about it, but I didn't see how it linked in. And then once we get into lockdown, of course, there's less planes in the sky. But I mean, there was no more spraying. And um, because I know just how to see the difference between a plane in the sky that sprays and a plane in the sky that leaves a normal contrail, which is what we used to see in our childhood, just like the 30 second disappearing mm -hmm. trail behind the plane. Um, so I've spent 20 years researching this and observing it with my own eyes. So again, it's not just because I saw one documentary that I'm speaking about this. And then once we get out of lockdown, now they have beginning to spray again. So I just think it's just so curious. Um, but we've also been speaking about things that we've noticed as far as, um, that right before lockdown also, they were cutting down some trees, um, right outside of my house. And I asked them what they were doing and they, they told me, that they were implementing the new system. And I asked them um, if it was 5G and they said, yes. And I've been talking to a lot of people um, that have been noticing the same thing that by 5G is being rolled out. Um, and it was a very important thing for people to be doing while we were in lockdown, like essential workers. Very essential. <laughs> <out there>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rolling it out in the schools. And then not only that, there was a, it was in the newspaper. People thought one evening here during lockdown that UFOs had invaded Ibiza, <laughs> but it was Elon mm -hmm. Musk's Starlink satellites linking up in the sky, which is also going to be connected to this whole 5G grid. They're going to be encompassing the planet in a net, a 5G frequency net that is going to be extremely harmful for all life. And it is an artificial intelligence linked with artificial intelligence, mind control system. I know it sounds far out, but like when you actually see the satellites, you know, lining up above your head, like we, we start to like question why all of this at once? Why are we being hit with every possible thing all at once? Well, this is the thing, and actually, you know, my understanding of 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 five G, and it's not something I've necessarily read or heard anyone else talking about. But um, although that doesn't mean that that, that that they haven't, and you kind of did touch on it a little bit there as well. And but this is through my connection with spirit that I understand this. That by putting mm. these five G satellites up around the planet, this grid you're talking about, they're actually blocking the Christ consciousness grid, which is where we're ascending mm. to. And you know. You, you, you just saying it there, you know, that, that of course the block's intentional, of course it is, but they, they know what they're yeah. doing. So instead of us plugging into the, the Christ consciousness grid, we'll, we'll end up plugging into this 5G artificial intelligence grid instead. So we're literally being presented with two different realities, like the 5G reality right. or the 5D reality. And, you know, the 5D right. being Christ consciousness, where we want to go. Uh, and the 5G reality, it's still an ascension, if you like, but it's, essentially an ascension into this AI reality. And 
you know, just yes. go back and rewatch some of the old futuristic movies that, that, that depict us all yes. being controlled by AI. Funnily enough, around about this time. And uh, yeah, see if that's right. the reality that you want to live in, because, you know, I, I certainly don't. Yes, Nayabi, I'm so glad you said that because I agree with you. Like 5D is organic reality. It is our given birthright. It is the organic human being that is in harmony with all life. It is, that's the world I want to be in. When I was first presented through my research, you know, this is over the last, like, I'd say 20 years when it comes to transhumanism, the, the geoengineering project, the nanotechnology, the artificial intelligence, the nanobots, the Morgellons disease is another thing to be looking into. I was appalled. I was like, this is not the world that I signed up in to be in. Because that is like the 5G world <laughs> is inorganic mm -hmm. and it has a transhumanistic agenda behind it. And we really need to open up our eyes to it in order to do something because it is now the fact that they're talking about implementing a chip inside of our body, whether it be through smart dust, they used to talk about the RFID chip. That's old school stuff now. Now they're do talking about nanotechnology and smart dust. And they're talking about this upcoming vaccine that it's going to have it in it so that we just, you know, somehow get biometrically swiped and read to find out what our temperature is, have we had the vaccine or not? You know, where have we been? How are we feeling? You know, who do we need to control because they're not obeying? I mean, seriously, this sounds insane, but this is, this is, we have the technology to do this and it's being implemented now. And we need to make mm -hmm. our choices and our choice needs to be made through action. We need to stand up and say no. Absolutely. I, I do not consent. Um, I do not yeah, consent. And I, yes. and I, and I, I know, I know, I mean, there's a lot of people who, who just won't, won't believe this, like, understandably, right. like, especially, I mean, we, we get it. Um, I mean, especially the, the 5G, 5D reality part that we just mentioned there. But, but what I want to say to the people listening at home is like, forget about the different realities for a second and just think about what we've said from, from a health implication point of view. Like, right. if, if you could, yeah, I mean, if, if, if you could just allow yourselves for, for one minute to think, what if what we're saying is right? And I know, Lena, you've, you've, you've said this a few times throughout the podcast, but the, you know, if what we're saying is right, the implications of that are too huge to not give proper consideration to instead of just, you know, dismissing it as conspiracy theory. I mean, they're putting, they're putting 5G in our hospitals and in our schools and outside our homes. Like if we are right, then think of the damage that will be done to our children, like our, our beautiful little children and our, our loved ones, ourselves, our, our future, gen our future generations. The damage that will be done to humanity as a whole is colossal. And again, we're not, we're not asking you to believe us, but just do your own research away mm -hmm. from the mainstream. I mean, as, right. as you said there, Lena, like, you know, big, big telecom admitted to a United States senator, like that, that, that yes. no money has been allocated by industry. Um, and there's no industry backed studies on the biological no effects of 5G. No testing. Yeah, but yet it's yeah, being rolled out. Ever. 
Yes, right now. Yeah. And it's been, but it's been rolled out very quickly whilst we're on lockdown. And like we said, how, how is this essential work? But just, just ask yourselves, have you actually seen any studies showing that it's safe? Or are you just taking the word of those that stand to profit that it's safe? And I, and I mean an actual study, not just someone telling you that there's been a study and it's safe. That's not enough, not, not with what, what's at stake here. So, yeah, I guess I just want to say on that, like, if you haven't seen a study and if after listening to this, you have even the smallest bit of doubt in your head, then just please do some research away from the mainstream media. And I want to say as well, even if after researching, even if you still don't believe what we're saying, but maybe just have a tiny, tiny little bit of doubt, just please consider stepping back and just allowing the truth, whatever that may be, to come out. Because the truth's the truth. Even if we don't like it, we still need to see it. And closing our eyes to it doesn't make it not true. It it just means that we continue to allow them to, to get away with their horrific crimes against humanity. And I, I know I know you mentioned that earlier, uh, Lena, when you were when when you were quoting Judy. Yeah, Nayabi, and I just also want to name this uh, as well, that there are people on this planet that are electromagnetically sensitive. It's about 2% of the population. So these people actually feel, and I'm one of them, so I can speak, I know how this feels. They can actually feel what EMFs feel like and how damaging it is to one's being. This is why that, I, I and I've, I've, I've noticed this my whole entire life, like when my parents would put on the microwave, I'd have to run out of the room as a child. And then it became hard for me to sit in, in front of that big box computer. Remember when computers first came out uh, when I was 18? And um, and I also remember, um, you know, going and traveling a lot. But in Europe, I could always handle the the EMF, EMF frequencies a little bit more Um and the United States would bombard me. And then if you remember what those, those statistics I just read there, that's because USA and Canada is like 600 what, to a thousand times higher <laughs> than what is considered like, okay, you know? So I feel it every time I go back into the United States, the bombardment. And I feel now that 5G got rolled out. I feel a difference now in the airports and I've had very, very um, intense experiences with that and artificial intelligence. So the thing is, is that there's people like us or like me that feels it, but the blood tests have been done with the people that feel it and the people that don't feel it. And the same thing happens to our blood. The blood cells are completely amorphosized and broken up and, and they start to clot and they, it just looks horrible. But the good news is, is that once we remove ourselves from the field, we can actually restore our body. So that's why it's so essential that when you go to sleep at night, that you turn off all Wi-Fi routers, phone on airplane mode, no digital clock near your head to have your bedroom be a sanctuary because the body actually can restore itself. The thing that's going to happen with 5G is that there is will be nowhere to go to restore yourself. There will be no break because it's going to be coming from satellites out in the atmosphere of the earth. It's going to be coming from every smart meter it's going to be coming from the LED light bulbs and it's going to be coming from all the smart appliances in your home. There will be no escape, even if you're up on the top of a mountain, you know, in the middle of nowhere. So this is the reality yeah. that we're moving into if we do not do something about it. 
And it's damaging, like you said, like, like it's so obvious it's like damaging to all life. And this is why these two weapon technologists that have used their whole career, um, on this, you know, um, Mr. Steele and Hopkins, Nancy Hopkins, they're saying that this is the end of all life. We will not be able to survive this. So we're, we need to do something. Um, I just would like to conclude this conversation with um, a little bit more about what some of these doctors are saying. So going back again, that the doctors are not saying that the virus is being caused by 5G. They're saying that there's a link. Okay. So I mentioned before one link, and I'm just going to be going into now um, a little bit to flesh this out a little bit more. So 5G is a facilitator frequency that lowers human and animal immune systems. So they are vulnerable to catching the virus. So it's like, it's, it's causing us to vibrate at a lower level. It impairs our immune system. So we actually become more susceptible to the virus. So not, not only does 5G frequency lower our immune system, but they've also noticed how that 5G absorbs the oxygen and then the hemoglobin in your blood cannot absorb the oxygen. I can't take up the oxygen. So that's why some people have been um, indicating that they're, when they're next to a 5G tower or in certain places where 5G has been rolled out, that people actually just fall over and die because there's no, it, it doesn't only erupt the viruses, dormant viruses in your body, but it also just it absorbs your ability to, to uptake oxygen. So think about respiratory illness, difficulty breathing, and at the same time, we're having the rollout of 5G. So Dr. Judy Mikovits is indicating that this whole thing, this whole pandemic um, scheme is to cover up what vaccines have done to us over a long period of time that they're actually making us sick and open up the door to a vaccine that's actually going to be turning us into, um, hooking us up, up into a artificial intelligence 5G network. Beyond that, what this is also saying is that it is absorbing our ability to uptake oxygen and therefore resulting in death such as suffocation. It's interfering with our body's ability to function. There's a doctor, there's a man named Dr. Young, and I'm going to quote him here for he has another, he has like a somewhat similar, um, somewhat similar take on this, but he, he also links um, part of the reason why we're getting so sick to acidity, body acidity. So he says, the corona effect is the oxidation of the cellular membrane, and I'm quoting him, him here the whole way through. The corona effect is the oxidation of the cellular membrane and genetic mut mutations, which gives rise to the cellular pleomorphism of or biological transformation and the appearance of crowning, spiking, and nobing projections as a micro and microzemas or anatomical indestructible matter changes its form and its function. These biological transformations of the body cells is the genesis of all bacteria, all yeast, all mold, all bacteria fascias, all endotoxins or cell fragments exotoxins and mycotoxins or metabolic acid waste. The cause of pleomorphism or cellular transformations of the body cells affecting the cell membrane 
and its genetic matter is a result of an acidic lifestyle, including diet. The disturbing contributing factors include all electrical and magnetic fields, EMF, 1G, 2,5G, all acidic foods, all acidic fluids, all environmental toxins, including carbon monoxide, all insecticides, pesticides, and herbicides found in non-organic foods, glyphosates, in other words, glyphosates, all acidic water, pH below 7.4, all acidic legend drugs, including all antibiotics and drugs that contain HCL, all recreational drugs, including marijuana, THC is an oxidant, all acidic supplements, including all enzymes, all probiotics, all algae, all mushrooms, or all acidic supplements and foods, all acidic thoughts, all acidic feelings, and all acidic beliefs. I love how he brings it to that as well. He's including our thoughts and our feelings as being acidic. So he's saying this is the one cause of all sickness and disease, and there is no other cause. Once again, the one sickness and one disease is the over-acidification of the interstitial fluids of the interstitium due to an inverted way of living, eating, drinking, breathing, thinking, feeling, and believing. All viruses do not exist and therefore do not cause infections. All infections are born in us and from us and are outfections of the cell due to acidic fluid environment. And he openly speaks out about 5G as well. Um, causing this acidic eruption in the body or even just EMFs in general. And just to conclude here, I'm going to read, just to conclude this 5G talk or this cabal talk, there is a quote. Um, this is again from Project Camelot, Carrie Cassidy, who gathers information from whistleblowers. And she says, Project Camelot was told 15 years ago by Arthur Newman, who's a whistleblower, there was a plan. They would use chemtrails, radiation, and bad food, bad water, you name it, to weaken the human immune systems. It's taken 15 years. And then they would release the viruses to reduce the population. This is a plan worked out for decades. It involves geoengineering, our planet, our weather, our food, our Wi-Fi, our lives. He said this 15 years ago, and now look what's happening. Wow. Well, yeah, thank you. Thank you for all of that um, incredible information there, Lena. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I guess what I, you know, one thing to say is like, um, you know, and we've said this constantly throughout the podcast is, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not looking to, to feed into fear here. But, and we know that, you know, mm. obviously a lot of that information is, you know, it, it's heavy and it's dense, but it, it's, you know, we've said it before, yeah. it, it doesn't mean that it's not, it doesn't mean that it's not true. And, um, you know, we both know and understand that, you know, we need to move out of the, the lower vibration of fear and into the, into the higher vibration of love to ascend. And I get what mm -hmm. some of, what, some of what we're saying here may very well be causing fear, but the first step is to move people from a state of fear in the false narrative even if right. that means moving them to a state of fear by seeing the truth. Because in, in the right. false narrative, we have no power, right? We've, we've given it away to, to those that are lying and those that are coming up with these plans. But when we see the truth, we, right. we start to take our power back. And, and it may be through, we may have to take it back through the, through the anger and, and the disbelief right. and the frustration. Um, 
uh, yeah, the fresh, uh, that, that, that we mentioned earlier, because, because these emotions are part of the awakening process. But that's what then allows us to, to find the resilience in ourselves to say, I'm not going right. to take this anymore. I do not consent, as, as we said before. And it's, it's then right. through that process that, that each individual then starts to see their role in this ascension process. And that is something that I'd like to start, you know, talking a little bit about now because, you know, um, I want to make sure that we're leaving our listeners at home with, you know, f- feeling good, <laughs> even though they're having right. to, you know, we're asking them to, to, to try and see the truth. But, you know, we want, we want to get people through seeing that truth and we want to support people through seeing that truth as well. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've had, I've had a lot of friends say to me, okay, so, you know, I'm not a truther or, or a light worker. I'm just an, an ordinary citizen, so to speak. And this is all new to me. So what can I do? Like, how can I play my part? And I say that the, the fact that they're even asking these questions shows that they're open enough to, to start seeing both what is happening and also how they can play their parts. And being open is enough. And simply questioning the mainstream narrative is enough. Like, start there and the rest will just naturally start to, you know, start to follow. Yeah, I really agree with what you're saying. And, and I really also, one really good source, um, again, we have to pick and choose what we find to be good information, but what you were just speaking to there, um, as far as like a first step and kind of like opening your eyes to see what's going on really reminds me of what, um, a good resource for people that want to maybe understand the more spiritual side of things is that there's a woman named Magenta Pixie and she has a YouTube channel that hasn't been taken down yet. She uses code words to talk about these things in order to not have her channel taken down. But she points out three steps. So one is the first one is really what you said, Nayabi, is kind of like, you, if, we, if we can't see that we're being enslaved, if we can't see that we're being duped or poisoned, how could we ever do anything about it? So that is the first stage is opening your eyes, even if it's ugly, even if it's horrid, opening your eyes and looking the darkness in the eye. And going back to what I said in the beginning of this podcast is that with your eyes of consciousness and light, we dispel the darkness. If enough of us open our eyes, which actually enough of already have, but we're needing a little bit of a movement here on a 3D reality of, of people beginning to say no. So open your eyes, do the amount of research that's comfortable for you in the degree that it's comfortable for you at the pace that's comfortable for you. There's no reason to go into overwhelm. Everybody, we're in this together. There's people like you and I, Nabi, that's been doing this for 20, 25 years. We don't get that freaked out that much anymore. And, and we are able to come over those wobbles quite quickly. But we weren't like back, back in the day. I mean, it would take us a long time sometimes, you know, and you just get, it gets easier. You, you get more accustomed to the fact that things, reality perhaps isn't the way I thought it to be. Right. And then the second step mm-hmm. is, um, actually doing something about it, like getting, saying no. We, we're at a point where we have to say no to 5G. We have to say no to the vaccine. We have to say no. And if you want the vaccine, if you want 5G, that's fine. But you, at some point, we have to say no to something that we do not think that is supporting organic human life. That's not supporting love. That's not supporting freedom, freedom of speech even. That's like something that we can all kind of unite about at least is that we have, we should have the right to express ourselves no matter what we say, right? 
So then that, that's the second step is getting angry, getting feisty, you know, or, or at least just claiming your sovereignty. Like you mentioned, Laura Eisenhower, I would, I would really encourage people to look at her, her, um, video to the message to the dark controllers where she's making an example of, 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 um, sovereignty, like some that we can all do this, you know, like claim our sovereignty. And then the third step is actually forgiving the dark controllers, forgiving the darkness, forgiving the dark plan, forgiving the suffering that it has caused us, forgiving the, the hundreds and thousands of years that we've been duped. <laughs> and killed, and so on and so forth. Because we can't stay in the second stage of being like, of being angry, or we have to, and we can do all these stages at once. We can do three, two, one, two, three, one. I mean, it's all, it's kind of like this, and we might have to go through it in cycles. But remember what I said in the beginning, that this ascension process, it's about doing our shadow work. And part of our shadow work is not only just looking at our childhood wounds or the way that we might lose our temper with someone or, you know, the ways that we haven't fully been conscious or whatever. It's also our shadow material as a collective, as a humanity, as a society. Because if we keep on keeping this stuff in the dark, it, it won't come to the light and we can't change it. We can't heal it. And so we're at, being asked to do our shadow work on a personal and a collective level and to not spiritual bypass. This is a term that kind of could be like another form of, of discrediting things, right? So we have the, oh, you're a conspiracy theory discreditation, right? Oh, everything you're saying is, is not true. Well, then we also have this like, oh, everything is love and light and fairies and unicorns. And let's not look at what's good, bad in the world because you're perpetuating it, right? I mean, this really makes me mad because it's like, <laughs> no, it's not perpetuating it. Looking at it is dissolving it. So it's like a lot of people, especially people who are spiritual, don't want to look at the, the, the yuck, the guck, but we have to in order to do something about it, to change it, to sign the petition, to go out there in the streets like they are doing. I'm so proud of the Americans and the Germans actually worldwide. Um, we just haven't been doing it much here in Spain because we've been scared of being put in jail. <laughs> the, 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 the control here has been very totalitarian. But people are out on the streets. Like, it's just amazing. People are standing up for their rights. This is what we have to do now. Yeah, we, we, we do. And we, um, we do have to look at it. Um, unfortunately, I mean, I, I wish we didn't. I, I really do. But, you know, we, we do have to look at it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, part of the issue, that I see as to why it's so hard for people to see what's going on sometimes is that we never have an acknowledgement of truth as information comes to the surface. So, for example, it's widely understood now that, that sugar is bad for us, but, but this mm -hmm. information was known for years before it made its way to the mainstream. And back in 2003, the sugar industry when hearing that the World Health Organization, and we've heard about them here today, um, when, when hearing about the World Health Organization was going to release a report stating that sugar was bad for us, they threatened to pull over $400 million in government funding if the World Health Organization didn't light up on their recommendations. So that report was never released. And 
people in the alternative health arenas were trying to tell people that sugar was bad for a really long time, but were shot down constantly. So when mm -hmm. the truth about sugar finally did come out, no one acknowledged the fact that, hey, do you know what? We had that wrong right. and the alternative sectors had that right. So right. by not giving that acknowledgement, we don't recognize the fact that alternative media or alternative health sectors may potentially be right on other things too. Like, now I'm, I'm not saying that we should just accept that they're right, you know, all the time. But the acknowledgement of, do you know what? Sometimes the mainstream gets it wrong and the alternative right. gets it right. That, you know, I mean, that could then open us up to, you know, to maybe start questioning some of the other information that we are presented with as fact in the mainstream. And, and I, I remember feeling so mad years ago when a 30 second news segment was given to the fact that, that margarine and vegetable oil and, um, and, and vegetable oil derivatives weren't that good for us after all. And that the fact that they were good for us and were supposedly heart healthy. Uh, and in fact, mm -hmm. flora margarine was backed by the British Heart Foundation as being good for the heart. Like this was supposedly the gold standard of science, which had been pushed by the government back in the 80s. And again, the alternative health sector had been trying to tell us for years that, that heart disease had spiked since switching to these products, but no one would listen. So I felt so mad when this revelation was only given 30 seconds in the news because I had known this information for a long time and, 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 and it was just swept under the carpet. And I thought, right. hold on a minute, this was meant to be the gold standard of science pushed and backed by the government. If we've got this wrong, why aren't we questioning what else we've got wrong? I mean, obviously, right. I know why, but you know, I, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that without this acknowledgement, we never question the things that we get wrong. So things do change. Things start to become widely accepted, like cigarettes being bad for us, for example, <laughs> even though, <laughs> even though when cigarettes first came out, there was a slogan that said, a pack a day will keep the doctor away. I mean, doctors actually back smoking, but, but because of this lack of acknowledgement, we just carry on believing everything that, that we're told, like despite discovering on, on all of these occasions and, and many others that there's a lot of stuff that we do get wrong. I just, I just think it leads to, to arrogance, like particularly a, a scientific yeah. arrogance, which, which then, refuses to look beyond, beyond the scope of what we think we know. Yeah, Nayabi, like what you're saying right now is just actually making me think about that there's, there, there might, some people are already be feeling that there should be an acknowledgement that the numbers were skewed <laughs> and that this is not worse. Thank, thank God it's not worse than the, the regular flu. So people are already now are kind of like, when are they going to come out and say, I'm sorry, we were wrong. And now let's let you out back into society and let's let our lives come back to normal and let's try to recover from this mistake together. But I mean, let's, I just don't think that that's going to happen. Like so many things that happen, um, like you just mentioned, or even like, oh, there was no weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> you know, we just kind of just like tumble through those those like mishaps and just keep on going without like a stopping up around it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I guess this is the thing. I mean, we've just, we've, with this, this lack of acknowledgement, we've, we've just 
we've continued to do this throughout the whole of history. I mean, I think we look mm-hmm. back at some of the things that, that used to happen and we think that, oh, it was just a darker time or, or they, they were simple folk maybe. But believe me, future generations will look back at ours in, in the same manner. And I mean, we've spoken a little bit about Christ consciousness here and J- Jesus came to bring us truth. He came to bring us light and to show us the way. He, he was one of the greatest healers of all time. And we crucified him because we weren't ready to hear what he had to say. Now, I, I appreciate that might have been a long time ago, but we've continued to metaphorically crucify truthers, prophets and seers throughout our history. Yeah. And and we're doing the same thing now whilst, whilst holding the person that we physically crucified because we weren't ready to hear what he had to say whilst he was alive. We're holding him as, as our saviour. And yeah, I just, I just think it's time for us to start learning from our mistakes and to, to maybe open our minds just a tiny little bit to, to those who may actually know more than us or, or see more than us or, or who are trying to bring us this truth and, and this wisdom. And yeah, I mean, throughout history, we've just continuously slayed those that try to bring us truth. And so, some of what they try to bring us may have been recognized many, you know, maybe late, later, uh, maybe years after their death. But often a lot of that wisdom was, well, I mean, it's going to sound a bit harsh or a bit intense, but it was often burnt at the stake along with their bodies. And th- th- this is how we got our truths or, or this is how we got our mistruths, I should say. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just think it's about time that we that we learn from our history because history is there to teach us if we would just allow ourselves to to learn from our mistakes, as you mentioned there. There's, there's obviously a lot of trauma at the moment from, from what's going on. And there's, there's going to be more to come, unfortunately, as the truth starts to come yeah. to the surface. But, but yeah, what I want to say on that is that that help is at hand. Like for many yeah. of us who woke up early, we, we had our own trauma. I mean, you know, I know you can right. attest to this, Lena, in, in terms of like not having anyone else around us who who understood or, or saw what we were seeing. Um, and we didn't right. have a community of other like-minded people to, to talk to. So we would end up feeling all alone in what we were seeing. But, but now, as, as, as we've said, now more than ever, like now, like more and more people are seeing it and, and stepping up in their roles to, to help and support people as they now start to wake up as well. So yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be difficult for people who are just starting to wake up now as they'll, be waking up at a time when it feels like the world is crumbling around them. But right. as I said, there's, there's going to be so much more support for this process yeah. from, from those who have already been, been through it. And, and, you know, we're already, we're all ready for it now. We're, we're ready to like to step up and play mm-hmm. our roles to, to help others to step up and play theirs too. So yeah, there's, right. there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of help on hand to, to, to there's going to be a lot of help on hand to help people to, to work through this trauma. And yeah, I guess, you know, th- th- there's something actually that I channeled with spirit that, you know, with regards to truth that I'd just like to, to read here to, that says, um, truth, truth can be painful sometimes as we start mm. to witness it for the first time, but only because we are engulfed in a sphere of lies. But once those lies have been exposed and we stand fully within that truth, then that truth will no longer cause us pain. So, so Lena, I mean, as, as a somatic therapist and, and trauma healer, maybe you could mm-hmm. um, talk to us a little bit about, about trauma and what people can do to, to help them adjust to what's going on and, and what's to come. Yeah. 
And so I think it's just, a, it's, it would, the most important thing is just to really acknowledge, like take moments during the day, during your life now, and just kind of check in to how your breath is and to how you're really feeling inside and to kind of just maybe even notice like, cause when we, when we are, when we feel like there's a threat, there's often like this kind of like fight flight response. Right. So, um, and just to notice like, okay, am I getting really angry and feisty and like want to fight the world? Um, do I feel like I want to freeze and I'm, I'm, I'm being overwhelmed by anxiety. Um, do I feel like I need, I'm like panicking and I need to get away from this planet and, and, and all people and all everything. So it's just kind of like taking times to really feel into what's really going on and then to do what makes you feel good. What makes you feel calm? So it would be dancing, reading a book, taking a walk in nature, reaching out for somebody. Like you said, there's a lot of us here that are here to support. I know when this happened, Nayabi, um, that you and I were both like, wow, we were born for this time. Like I feel a hundred percent prepared. And I know that you do too, to hold the people that are going to be freaking out because the whole world, their whole world, what they knew the world to be crumbling around them. So reach out for, for people. It's a good time to also learn to, how to meditate, to do yoga, because these ancient sciences really help us, um, get into a parasympathetic state where we can kind of rest, digest and heal. Also, um, be, this is, I have a little bias in here of being a trauma specialist and a somatic experiencing, um, practitioner, which is a form of trauma healing. But there are so many, um, somatic experiencing practitioners trained all over this planet now. And it's in a very, very effective form of therapy. So if you feel that you can't handle this on your own, or there's no, like, just talking to a friend is not enough, well, then reaching out for a trauma specialist, um, is also extremely important. And to notice what is good about this breakdown. You know, what was good about the lockdown? Some of us are getting out of it now slowly. But what is, what is good about what's happening right now? Because even though it looks like a lot of like, um, threat and destruction and falling apart of what we knew the world to be around us, there are so many amazing opportunities that we're receiving right now for connection, for nature to heal, for us to build new worlds. So it's kind of like, you know, reaching into gratitude and appreciation. Um, and when in those moments of true overwhelm and fear and panic, it kind of just helps to kind of like find your breath, kind of just look around you, observe, notice what's good around you. Like there's always something good about your environment. You know, birds singing, the sun. I love my house. At least I have a beautiful place to live. At least I have a comfortable bed. Oh, that necklace my mother got me. You know, like just scan your environment and notice that even though you, you might feel like the world's falling apart and that the world is creeping in or that there's something to be fearful of, you kind of just notice if you look around right here, right now, that things are okay. And you kind of like do that for five to 10 minutes and let it settle in. And then what you notice is that you can get yourself into a parasympathetic state. 
I'd also like to mention that I feel like it's a very good time to really boost your immune system, which we can do through nutrition, supplementation, various um, different things. And it's actually quite simple with good exercise, good sleep, and just very, very, you know, basic daily rituals um, and plants and herbs that we actually have an abundance of here on this earth. And we also going to put a link um, at the bottom of a YouTube video that I did called Surrounding of Self, where I'm giving a lot of health tips um, uh, around building your immune system and taking really good care of your body at this time. So there's so much more, but that's just some, just some ideas around um, of how to handle these turbulent times that we're going through. Yes, thank you, Lena. And um, yeah, I mean, we really are seeing a lot of positives coming from what's going on right now. I mean, you mentioned mm. Mother Nature there, like breathing again, yeah. and people are yeah. people are reconnecting back back with nature, and people are being forced to slow down, and are therefore having the chance yeah. to go within and reconnect with themselves. And yeah, people are recognizing or, or remembering the the importance of family and community yeah. of, of home. Um, yeah, yeah and value. volunteering yeah. and that yeah, yeah. people are volunteering and helping others and recognizing the importance of locally sourced food for example and and people are waking up and yeah i think yeah. We, we need to we need to use this time wisely this 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 gift of time that we've been given to to start to face our fears to face our shadow self um as you've mentioned and you know face our own our, our fears of our, of our own immortality and attachments to the current system or things within the system and yeah by doing this work we start to set ourselves free um right but i actually i i, I do also want to acknowledge anyone who is grieving or who has yeah. suffered the loss of a loved one as a result of this situation i mean the, the death of a loved one is always hard no matter no matter what the circumstances but with all of this fear and uncertainty going on the the, the yeah. impact is likely to be even greater and I'm being pushed by spirit, although I have to say I have resistance to saying this as, as I know, and I know it may be hard to hear for some people, but no soul ever leaves this life without choosing it. Like we, we, we are eternal. Energy never dies. Mm -hmm. We, we simply transcend into something new. Um, you know, the bond of love can never be broken. And as, as a spiritual medium, I understand and have uh, and have um, ongoing evidence of this due to the work that I do. But also, as someone who is strongly connected to my own soul and to source, I don't actually need the evidence that I've seen. Like I, I have the absolute knowing that this is true. Um, and I just want to say that this this connection to self and and to source is something that we all have. That we all have the capacity to do. And really, that's what we're kind of asking you to do here is is to connect to your own inner, inner knowing instead of instead of connecting to the information that you've always been taught but yeah. but yeah the the, the 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 beautiful the beautiful souls that are leaving us right now in in the same mm. way that every single one of us chose to be alive at this time they chose to be they chose to leave at this time to help with this mm -hmm. shift of consciousness that we're going through and yeah these these souls that they're actually playing a huge role in humanity's ascension as they mm as they pave our way through through our collective suffering and grief to to be able to create the whole new world that, that we're 
that we're talking about. So yeah, I'd just really like to, to honor them for that and for the, for the process that they're going through. And yeah, so that's something I want to say here actually is that I know that sometimes when, when we're talking from a higher perspective, uh, like this, it, it can sound like we're not engaged with the suffering of humanity, but, but the right. higher perspective, the higher perspective is just that though, right? It, it comes from a, from a place of truth and real wisdom, like divine wisdom. And it, it's a truth and wisdom that has been kept from our understanding, if you like, that, you know, there's, there's actually real beauty in what I'm saying here, but our fear right. of death and our, and our own immortality holds us in that, in that fear and doesn't allow us to see the beauty and the wisdom and, 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 and the beauty of the divine. So, yeah, I mean, I, I lost my dad, um, five years ago to cancer and I had the absolute knowing that, that through his suffering and through his death, he gave me both a platform and the courage to start speaking my truth, like through, through my connection to spirit and, and to my own wisdom as well. I was always able to see the gift that my dad gave me through his death. Um, now, would I have thrown away the gift and kept my dad had I have been offered the choice? Absolutely. But it doesn't change the fact that the gift was there and the gift was given. So, yeah, I mean, some, some of these souls that have, that have left us in this process would have been highly evolved souls who, as I already mentioned, chose to be here for the exact purpose of leaving at this time. Um, others may be souls who maybe weren't ready to go through this ascension process, who, who would have maybe suffered more as a result of trying to navigate their way through the huge changes that are coming. So their choice is to leave and return to source, to, to heal and to, and to grow so, so that they can reincarnate at a time that will be easier to navigate. But yeah, anyway, either way, the, 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 the these, these souls should be honored for their service to the collective. So yeah, I just want to, I, I just want to send my blessings with them really. And, and to any family members that have, that have suffered as a result of this. Very beautifully said, because I, yes, I know there's been a lot of mourning for those that have left this world during this crisis. Thank you. And yeah, and I guess, you know, we're, we're, we're coming to the end of the, the, the podcast now. And before we, before we close this podcast, I would, I'd just like to talk a little bit about what this whole new world could look like. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I've been able to, to visualize a world where we're, we're not ruled by money or where money doesn't exist. Um, and of course, if I've ever brought that up, then, you know, people just think I'm nuts. But I'm, I'm going to ask, you know, the people, the listeners at home to, to just forget about how we would get there for a second and just visualize being there. Like, what would this world look like to you? What would, mm. what would you be doing if you didn't have to do the job that you were doing right now for money? And, and it doesn't matter if you can't work out what you'd be doing yet. Like we're usually, we're usually so wrapped up in the rat race of life that we, we don't even know what our passions are, but you can start small by, by thinking about things that, that make you happy and just try to build from there. So yeah, what, what, what would you want to create in this world if, if money wasn't an object? Like what changes would you want to see? And, by doing this visualization, you can not only start to work out where you see yourself or, or your role, but you can also start to create it as you as you manifest this reality on behalf of the collective consciousness. So, yeah, it's actually a really good way of starting to play an active role in this process. 
Yeah, Nayabi, what you're saying is reminding me of, um, because again, the financial system and how it all was set up, it kind of made us slaves. And like you mentioned the word rat race, right? And I felt like that before this lockdown. Like I felt like, you know, life is good, but I don't have any time to do what I really would like to invest in. And it just feels like I'm in a wheel, you know? And I, th I think a lot of people felt like that. And then all of a sudden the wheel stopped. And then we were like, okay, what is life about then? You know? And if, you know, if we were freed from the monetary system, you know, well, what would we, you know, I think that there would be a beautiful revolution of creativity and, and, and giving to this world. And what you also spoke about right now just reminds me of the Dogon teachings where they talk about that we actually come into this planet with a destiny and that that destiny gets hijacked by the dream of the planet or the domestication of the planet, basically of society. Like our destiny gets hijacked by you have to go to school, you have to get your you know degree or you have to start working. You have to do this. You have to pay your rent. And it, that it consumes our whole life that we never really got a chance to live. And so I think what you're trying to set up as a scenario of like, what if <laughs> there was a freedom to fulfill your destiny? Yeah. And, and this is exactly, this is what I see. This is what I, I want. I absolutely see us being able mm -hmm. to achieve, well, you know, this, this vision that I mentioned, you know, at the start of the podcast there that, you know, I've always held that, that that vision and for me like um burning man festival is is a, is a perfect a perfect reflection of of what could mm. be achieved but also of what would have to change to allow it to happen in the first place so like at the festival itself no money changes hands like people are free to express themselves and create in whatever way feels good to them like djs don't get paid to play like they just they just do it for the love and people create art purely for the love but you know, so, so, some people set up camps, others, others offer yoga and meditation, some throw parties, some offer food, like some give massages and some people just give small gifts of, I, I don't know, like lip balm or crystals or, or jewelry or, or whatever they feel like giving. But whatever anyone is doing, they're doing it for the love, not for the money. Now, what happens outside of Burning Man is a typical representation of our current society. Like, Prices increase by four times the price. Uh, everyone's just basically looking to make money off of the festival. And people hear about the festival and start going purely for the party and, and don't really care about the principles or, or the community that has been created there. But then over time, like an integration starts to play, take place where people start to want to contribute more or maybe do the burn in a different way this time to, to how they've done it in previous years. And people actually start to, to find their role within that community. So it takes time, but it does start to happen. And, and we're, we're already seeing like people start to give like free online offerings from the heart as a result of this lockdown. So yeah, it, it's already starting to happen. But, but this is also why such a huge event, like what, what we're experiencing at the moment, this, this spiritual revolution, if you like, is, is needed to allow the the greed structure to fall and for us to, mm -hmm. to start to get, get to a place of growth and, and evolution by facing right. our own shadows and, and yeah, letting go of our attachments to, to money and to start letting go of our attachments to this current system to, 
so that we can ascend into something better, something where we just do things for the love. Yeah, I, I really agree that this, this crisis is an opportunity for us to create a new world, a new earth, and to find another way of being on this planet and find another way of being with each other and all creatures. Because to be honest with you, we were destroying the planet. I mean, it's, it's not us like we wanted to come here to destroy the planet. It's the system, this entropic system that we, we are in, you know, that forced us to, you know, drive a car, <laughs> you know, and, and pollute the environment or, um, have to work for the money system and, and forget about our dreams, um, so on and so forth, right? So we were trapped in an entropic system and that system is falling. And that's a really good thing because we couldn't have gone on much longer anyway. The, the people that had the control, you know, they weren't changing the, the beat of the drum. Right. Like we have the capacity mm. to create sustainable technologies and um, power sources. And, and we haven't been and we've been talking about it for so long. So it's better that this is this. We're having a shift in society before we completely destroyed the planet. <laughs> and now we're getting this chance to recreate, create a new new world together through with our creativity and resilience. Uh, absolutely. And I have said that there's a line in my book, and my book was also channeled in spirit that says, every one of us has a gift, a gift that will help to heal the rift. And, and yeah. what this means is that every one of us has something to offer, like to, to yeah. offer within the ascension process, but also to offer to this new society. And our gifts, um, our gifts stem from our passions and our dreams. So, we can then collectively create this new society based on love and unity from a place of love by just doing the things that we love. I mean, wouldn't that be lovely? And, you know, through our dreams and through our passions, we all hold different pieces of a jigsaw puzzle, if you like. And, and that means that everyone would be able to offer something that this new society needs. So there's, there's always going to be people who love making food or growing food or, or making clothes or caring for people or, or even just those whose passion it is just to simply be of service to society. So every aspect of what is needed will be covered. And, you know, to, to create this utopian society, we, we need every part of the jigsaw puzzle to complete the picture. And, and as I said, every single person holds a piece of the puzzle like a key if you like to 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 to, to unlock the, the the portals to paradise or a key that will set humanity free so you know some people may well hold bigger parts of the picture than others but the picture can't be completed without all of us coming together in unity to to play our part so so i've always seen burning man as as a really important example as um to what we can create once we've let go of, of old constructs. And those old constructs are going to start to collapse. I mean, you mentioned that, that previously, um, Lena, and that they need to collapse to, to make way yeah. for, for the, for, for, for the new, like this service to others community that you, um, that we will start to build that you touched upon earlier there, Lena. Um, but this, it, this will happen slowly and at a rate that we can handle. And yeah, I mean, our, our current industry is, is purely for profit. 
And this is something right. that needs to change. Like towards the end of the last century, companies would be put together to do a specific job. And then they would be, they'd just be disbanded once the job was done. And after a while, it was decided to just keep the companies up and running. But now what we see are companies whose first priority is profit and whose second priority is the service that they're actually meant to be delivering. So take insurance companies, for example, like we, we give our money to them to protect us if anything goes wrong. But instead of putting that money in a pot, say, to, to pay us out, should we need it? To them, that money becomes profit, profit which they want to keep at any cost. So when we try to claim, they don't want to give us that money, that they don't want to provide us the service that they're supposed to be providing. They just want to make money. Um, yeah, and pure banks corruption. As well, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and banks, you know, banks hold on to our money and pay us a rate of interest of, of what was around 1% before the virus. But then they use that money that they hold that belongs to us um, to, to make investments, like to, to trade on the markets, mm -hmm. to, to lend to others at a higher rate of interest. I mean, fine. But when you look at the fact that they only pay us 1% for the money they're using to make that profit, and then mm. they charge people 39.9% on an overdraft, it's got to make a question the fairness of that. And it's, you know, it's the same with like water and oil, for example. Um, you know, water and oil are owned and we are charged to use them. But these yeah. are commodities of the earth, our yes. collective earth, and therefore shouldn't be owned by just a few individuals or companies. Like they should be brought to us as a service to society or a service to humanity. And we certainly shouldn't be going to war over them. I mean, oil anyway. Yeah, I have heard, I've thought about this so many times, Nayabi, that um, we, I really believe this, that we have enough resources, food, water, shelter, love for every human on this planet. And we're just distributing it all in, in, a, in, a, in a way that's, again, for profit and so on and so forth for like, but, but really we could provide for all. And these things come from this planet, you know, this, they, they, they're like air should not be bought, you know, water should not have to be bought. You know, food comes from the earth. These are our God-given rights um, to be able to partake of without having to pay for them. I totally agree. I mean, if we just shared the resources, there's, there's, there's so much to go around. And yeah, I mean, we now have a, a chance to create a society that, that works for everyone. And, you yeah. know, we possess the gifts and the wisdom to, to not only navigate our way through the darkness, but also to create a whole new world that's filled with love and compassion and support and understanding that, you know, that, 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 that allows each one of us to step into our own individual power without taking away another's power. And that, that, that puts health and ha that puts the health and happiness of the people and the planet before wealth and industry. And, you know, I know there'll be a lot of people who still can't see how we get there, but yeah, maybe just give some thought to whether or not that's the type of world that you would want to live in. And, and if it, and if it is, then yeah, just, just, just lend some of your power to helping to manifest it by visualizing what you would like to create within it.
Yes. And, and we've, we've been doing this, Nayabi, in these world meditations that we've been called to do, and they're probably going to be continuing. But when you hear about these world meditations and a chance to, or if you even just want to do it on your own or collect a group of people that we meditate for 20 minutes, if that's too much, 10 minutes a day, the same time. And then let's do this. Let's visualize the world that we would like to see, the world that we want to be in, the world we want to create. Let's see the waters and the air and all of the elements healing, everyone receiving that love, the food, the water, the shelter, ceasing the wars, ceasing the destruction of the environment. Like we are that powerful that by visualizing it, we can kind of, we're, we're inviting it to manifest in this world into our reality. Well, thank you, Lena. And I mean, I, I just, I just really want to take the, the time to thank you for the time that you have given to this podcast. And I mean, it's ended up being a huge project. Yeah, we didn't realize how big a project this was going to be when we took it on. And, and we certainly weren't expecting the podcast to, to be so long either. But um, well done to everyone who listened, listened, uh, listened to it through to the end. But I just want to say that I know I acknowledge truthers and whistleblowers um earlier on, which absolutely included you. But I just want to extend a personal thank you to you as well for all of the years that you have spent working in the darkness. And I just, I really want to honor you for facing your fears and stepping up and speaking your truth by doing this podcast with me. So yeah, thank you, Lena, your, your continued hard work, um, getting deep and dirty is uh, very much appreciated. Oh, thank you, Nayavi, so much for those kind words. And yeah, it has been such an honor to do this project with you and also just to be your friend and to have a, what they say in Spanish, a comadre, com comradrie, but it's in the feminine form. <laughs> and so just before I sign off here, um, because the Native American Red Road Path has been such a huge part of my life, and I've been so inspired by the way that the Native Americans um, lived, you know, still live now. Um, but especially back in former times before they were invaded. Um, but there's two things. There's one that the Iroquois Indians of Northeast United States were actually the founding fathers of the United States said that they received a, an example of democracy from them. They saw what true democracy was by absorbing the, the way that they would have counsel. And then they would actually have the, the grandmothers, um, you know, be the ultimate word because these were the, the women that were connected to life that gave life and they were the elders. And so any decision that was made had to go through them as the ultimate yes or no, we're going to do this. But then they would also as a whole tribe consider how is this decision going to affect the next seven generations? And I, and this is what I like to visualize is that we become so wise and that we have these councils of peace and we have councils of true democracy and that every decision we make, whether it be a corporation or a family or a local government, that how is this decision going to affect the next seven generations? Because if you really look at that and how it affects down the line, then we, then I think that we'd be making completely different, different decisions that actually sustains life instead of destroys it. And then there's the Hopi elders prophecy which I also really feel is so relevant. I, I repeated it a lot at this time that we are the ones that we have been waiting for. So think about that. We are the ones that we have been waiting for. So 
us waking up, us igniting our hearts, us taking action as well right now, doing whatever cause ignites your heart, ignites your passion, whatever you would like to fight for to preserve life and goodness in this world. We need you and you are being called and you are here for a reason and all will be well. We have got this. There's enough people upon this planet that have awoken that critical mass has been reached and we are well on our way, even though it might not look like it now, to recreating something so beautiful. So thank you so much for all those that have listened and for you, Nayabi, and for all of those people I will never meet that are a part of this. Thank you so much. Thank you. And yeah, I just want to re- reiterate there what you said with like, you know, we, we, we have got this, but we need to step up in love, not fear, in, yes. in unity, not division, in power, not control, and right. in compassion, not hatred. Uh, and I just want to say, forgive them for they know not what they do. That is Christ consciousness. And so we come to the end of this podcast with a deeper understanding of the darkness that prevails in our society. That not only hides in the underbelly, but which in fact controls and divides from the highest levels. The wolf in sheep's clothing, so to speak, that hides in plain sight. But worry not of all that has been said for the light already shines on the darkness and humanity shall rise from the destructive ashes that will be left in the wake of truth. A truth that must be seen, that must be acknowledged, but that must also be alchemized into forgiveness and love. For without this transition, we cannot ascend into the vibration of love that we speak of. Yes, there are goodies and baddies who each play their role, but no matter how difficult this may be to understand, all are in line with the divine. It was decided long ago that the Lucifer experiment would be undertaken, all in agreement with Source, so that humanity could have the experience of life disconnected from Source. That experiment is nearly over, and never again will it be undertaken. But every person who has taken part in this experiment has done so as part of the divine plan. This will be hard to hear, especially as the ugly truth comes to the surface and shocks many of us to our very core. But we must find it in our hearts to find compassion and forgiveness for those that played their roles. For compassion and forgiveness are part of the ascension process and what is needed to vibrate in love. This may seem like a tall order, but all of this can be achieved. It may take some time, but you will see that much can be achieved through love. As time moves on and we start to open both our hearts and minds to all that shall come, we will need to learn how to move on with love and with trust. We will need to learn to open our hearts again and trust that we can live our dreams in harmony with the oneness that shall be created. In fact, the living out of our dreams will be the thing that creates our new reality, our new oneness, our new community built in love. No longer will we look at another and doubt what they have to say. No longer will we allow our own fear to stop us hearing these truths as we connect with our hearts and feel into our intuition, our knowing and our truth. No longer will we put up barriers to others as the invisible barriers that have been created start to fall. And in our knowing, so too shall we start to create a new way of life, a new way of being and a new way of seeing. 
so too shall we start to see the love in another's heart and know that it is truth. So too shall we allow all that has kept us captive to fall away until we recognize that all that we can be is free. Freedom is our ultimate goal. Freedom of choice, freedom of the heart, and freedom of the mind. But to step into that freedom, we must first recognize all that has kept us enslaved. This may not be pleasant, but it is necessary to take us on our way. Without this acknowledgement of truth, we cannot release ourselves from the shackles that have stopped us soaring into the very freedom that I speak of. But once it has been witnessed, all that will come is greatness. All that will come is love. And all that will come is wisdom. Wisdom of the soul, wisdom of the heart, and wisdom of the mind. As we step into our wisdom, so too do we step into our destiny. A destiny that has been forever prophesized, yet forever dismissed. A destiny that is written in the stars and will be fulfilled in our hearts. A destiny that shall change the fate of the planet forever. <laughs>